Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of aesthetic PA, expert injector, national trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Jensen. And I'm Megan Patterson. And today we're going to talk all about me. <laughs> Finally, I'm sick of talking about myself. You are not sick, sick of talking I know, about I yourself. Never will. You could talk about yourself I, all day well long. somebody had posed this question i was on reddit being a total dork and they were like what could you talk if you had to be put on a stage in front of like the world and you were told you had to like your ted talk mm-hmm. and you had no preparation and you had to speak for an hour what would it be and i was like me <laughs> like <laughs> myself like what i like to eat what i like to do and they're like no we're talking about like science or how to build something and i was like oh i've i don't know i don't know how so you know, what is nice about you is that you can talk about yourself but you don't bogart the conversation about yourself you know Thank those you. type of people where it's like oh i just got a dog this weekend and they're like oh well, i have a dog too like you're not Thanks. that type of person at all i'd hope that you would be real with me about that because that's oh. like a huge fear of mine because when people do that to me i'm like man you're sucking all the air out of the room yes like, there's not enough room for two of us in here so um so yeah this episode we're on episode 31 this is story time story time with aaron and we are going to finally be answering the question that since the inception of the treatment the white coat treatment which was pre-treatment era when aaron was a blogger and a pa school consultant the question that is on that inquiring minds want to know how did aaron jensen become the aesthetic pa she is today Everyone is dying to know. And I want Aaron to answer so I could f- stop having to <laughs> copy and paste a response. Um, so we're going to talk about how Aaron became a PA and how she got into aesthetics. Mm-hmm. With my life, I probably can sum it up in one episode where May- where Megan's is like a, a miniseries. I got a, f- a five-parter. <laughs> so mine's pretty mine's simple. Just, and, it's, and a five-parter, and, and I do not have like multiple degrees. No. Well, I do. I have multiple undergrad, but bachelor degrees. You'll see mine's like, go to school, go to school, eat, go to school, eat frozen broccoli, go to school, live in California, go to school. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll give you some more details. So that. yeah, Aaron, we are finally going to talk. So for all of you guys who are curious, a lot of our listeners are people who followed Aaron before she started the treatment or other medical professionals or other medical students, whether they're becoming nurses or doctors or CNAs or anything like that, or just simply people who are in high school or people who might want a career change or people that just randomly like skin or just like me. So thank you to that slim population. But most of them I feel like are, are, are people who want to know more about Erin or how she got into what, what looks like, I mean, it's an, you know, the treatment is, is wildly successful. And I think there's a lot of reasons why to it, but what isn't spoken about because you are a humble person, Erin, is how hard you actually fucking work and how, you actually make no excuses and how we as you know we're sisters we're blood related how we were not born with silver spoons in our mouth Mm -hmm. and how anybody could if they really want it bad enough can get into what Aaron wants to do and so let's go ahead and start I'm going to be the moderator of this story time because I know how to talk about myself so Aaron what was the first day of third grade like for you 
Oh, first day of third grade of the I had Miss Anderson as a teacher. <laughs> I'm just stop. Nobody cares about elementary. Okay. No, people want to know like, what do I take in college? I know. Where do I go to college? What what does my GPA matter? Ah! Okay, I have I have a pretty traditional background of how I got into medicine. Um, so I'll just go over that very quickly. Okay. Um, we've talked about this before. Our mom is an x-ray tech. Mm-hmm. She has worked in medicine her whole life. Shout out to Deb. Our uh, grandmother was a recovery room nurse mm-hmm. for 40 years. Yep. She was amazing. And she after she's she, very well known. Yes. She's very well known in the Upland community. A lot of people I still see people at the treatment are like, I miss your grandma. Yeah, she's rest her soul. Um, she was a nurse and then the day she retired from nursing, she started volunteering in the hospital. Like she like was there till the end. Um, so we, I had these medical inspirations in my life and I was very good at math and science. So it was kind of like one of those things. You're good at math and science. You go into medicine. Mm-hmm. And do you know who the first one to tell me about the PA field was? It Dad. was you. It was me. You at one time wanted to be a PA. Do you remember this? Kind of. Or I don't know how. So you owe me 50% of your paycheck. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why are you not cutting me more money? (laughs) What the fuck? I'm the reason. You are. Yo, stop the presses. Stop what you're doing. Drop what you're doing. We got to create a petition right now that Aaron relinquishes 50% of what she makes to me. Because if it wasn't for me, she would not pee a PA. And if she wasn't a PA, she would not have opened the treatment. If she didn't open the treatment, then Nico Alanis... Would not be working. No, I'm just kidding. There goes Megan. Well, you're welcome. See, of course, I'm bringing it back to me. Okay, I did. I do kind of remember wanting to be a PA because I was a volunteer at San Antonio Community Hospital and I worked in uh, the pediatrician, pediatrics. Yeah. And I just pretty much folded blankets and like ate crackers and the ice chips. (laughs) I just sat there and ate snacks and just was like, anyways. Okay, so. I, I knew I wanted to go to medicine, so I volunteered at the same hospital as you did. Mm-hmm. And I volunteered on that floor, too. But you could, like, play with the kids and, like, deliver them Nintendos and stuff like that. Yeah, but remember, that? I didn't like kids. So, so I didn't like the peds. The, the pediatric unit was the one that all the volunteers wanted to do. I wanted to be an ER. Yeah. Because that was nasty. That was, like, you didn't know if, like, piss was going to th- get flung on you or shit or, like, a crazy person. I liked it. But ER... Under pediat, ER was the most sought after department well, to volunteer. I, think, I don't know if high schoolers could volunteer. I ER. got in because Deb is my mom. Debbie Deb is my mama. So her mom did work at the hospital where we volunteered. Yeah. So, so she got I me got in. I got all those hours volunteering in high school. Then I went to college, and yeah, we went to this like private uh, private Catholic high school where everyone got funneled to the Catholic colleges. Except and I went to that for route. me. <laughs> They're like Megan with your performance. May I recommend a non-impacted California state school? And I'm like, so San Marcos, Chico. Yeah, that sounds good. Because in those schools, you can get in with at least a 3.0. That's what we're looking at. Where Aaron was like, ah, private Jesuit university. Here I come. But looking back, I mean, it was just such a basic counseling. You know, it's like, what's your GPA? Um, you should apply the, to these schools. Yeah. And, you know, p- apply to a private school. Well, you heard my last episode. I said college is overrated. I I, I actually agree, too. I, I was like, just I, get to work. I totally agree. <laughs> get to fucking work. If, go if, men- Go find a mentor. Yes. Go try to find an internship. Yes. Become a plumber. Become mm-hmm. an electrician. Mm-hmm. Make a hundred bucks an hour and be my husband because like. Pfft. The amount of student debt you come out of is just insane. So unless you're going that, you know, direct to science, medicine, um, be attorney law like if somebody else is paying for it go ahead yes and it, go yes. into that four years yes. but I do 
appreciate the college experience. Yeah, same. Where I do, I mean, in so many words, you should have those fun party slutty years to get it out of your system. You're not a, you were never a slut. Don't even try to be cool like you were. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just don't even, I don't even want to hear about it, okay? But you were definitely not a slute, okay? I wasn't one. I was, fl- I had, a, I, I like to taste the rainbow. You know, I enjoyed all the f- colors. I erased all color lines and I enjoyed all the flavors. I still like a little sp- flavor to my fair. I like a little spice, <laughs> but Aaron, no. Okay. So, so what, what you're I'm saying, saying is what I'm saying is that yes, if you, if you don't know where you're going to be, don't go spend like a hundred thousand dollars a year on a private education. Oh but yeah, if your God. parents put the bill and you want to have some fun times. Yeah. So I think you should like enjoy your adolescence, not adolescence, but you're like early adulthood. Years, early, okay. Yes. For sure. So I went to Loyola Marymount University. I first applied there and I was originally a sociology major because I think I wanted to be a social worker, mm-hmm. but I was able to switch into being a biology major before I started classes. Applied to sociology, got into the biology program. And at Loyola Marymount, it wasn't a very strong science school. So at a lot of other schools, you have pre-health, pre-PA, pre-med tracks. This is just biology. Mm. So if you want to be a biologist to a doctor, to a nurse, to whatever, everyone's taking the was same under that umbrella. biology classes. Yes. So I did that my like first week of school. I knew I wanted to be a PA. So I printed up the uh, qualifications and admissions structure for USC because I knew I kind of wanted to go there for PA school. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of followed that track. Like you need to. Certain- you were your own counselor, essentially. I've always been my own counselor. <laughs> yeah, I don't try. I, I Hopefully just, high school college counselors aren't listening and they're going to come after us with well, pitchforks. No, no, I but think. You, you can't rely. Like, I can't tell you how many people like, oh, my counselor said, and I'm like, well, well, didn't you, like my counselor told me to take this class and I realized three weeks into it that I had already taken the class and I dropped it. Are you kidding? Yeah. I felt like such an idiot because I just listened to her. She didn't cross-reference anything. And then I'm like, this syllabus is super familiar. <laughs> And I dropped out. So like, be your own advocate. Yes. You got to figure your own shit yes. out. Don't rely on a counselor like that. So all the when time. you DM me, how do how do I get into PA school? Girl, don't print out your own how yes. to be a PA. And Google I remember it. I had it in the top drawer of my desk for four years. It was printed on yellow paper and I would just look through it. It recommended a certain amount of volunteer hours. So when it was my freshman year of college, I actually took a, a CNA class, certified nursing assistant class. Mm-hmm. I did that for a summer, worked for a few months as a certified nursing assistant. The worst job I have had in my whole life. Ugh. It was just so difficult and it's so sad. So I worked in a nursing home mm. and it was awful because you, the the amount of work they place on you, the stress is, I, I was like 18 years old. Yeah. You have to get like 12 patients ready throughout the day. It's not the most proper care. It just was very stressful and not good. But what I did is that I had a morning shift where I worked seven to three. Then I went and worked Five to nine at Chick Sporting Goods. Shout out to Chick Sporting Goods. Yes. And just to make more money that way because like we were self-supporting ourselves. So Seriously. Yeah. Like that just, it just reminds me of high school where I would be in high school and then we would jet out of St. Lucie's to make it in time for our 4 p.m. shift at Chick's and like changing yes. the car. Yes. Yeah. Aaron and I worked like, <laughs> it was no thing to have, a, a, to work 30 hours a week in high school for us. Like, Pressure made diamonds. So I worked at Chick's Boarding Goods. I've told you guys this before, though. Aaron worked in the hot girl department. I worked in the quirky girl department. <laughs> I sold heart rate monitors and watches and sunglasses by myself. I was literally on an island. I was in a kiosk alone. But Aaron was in the hot, smart girl department. The hot, hot, hot girl department was the clothes department. Mm-hmm. The hot, smart girl department was the cashier. And I was just literally alone. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, you know, talk to more and more younger people in college and stuff like that. And it kind of actually blows my mind how people don't 
work as much, you know, or like Mm -hmm. you, you know, people complain about their time and whatever. And I understand there is, there has to be a lifestyle balance, but if you have a job from nine to five, why aren't you taking classes from seven to 10? Or why aren't you going to do a nighttime volunteer shift that they have at hospitals? Mm -hmm. It just like you, people can work so much harder than they do. So, yeah, I think, I think some people have parents or family members that maybe say like your only job right now is to be a student. Sure. We have a family member in our family who says that grandpa. Oh, (laughs) and what did he pay for? (laughs) So grandpa will be like, your only job is to study. And I'm like, well, grandpa, I got pagers to buy. I got CD burners to fund. I got, I got bottles of alcohol to buy. I need a side hustle. I need some money to come in. But also for me, I, I found like I worked better. I performed better when I knew I didn't have time to pussyfoot. Uh, Absolutely. So there's, I, and also, you know, and we're not saying that if you aren't having a, a nighttime job, you're not working hard enough. We get it. People have to take care of their parents, their children, their sick puppies, whatever. But for us, we came from a, a cloth where it's like, you got four extra hours at night. That means three hours of working part time, mm-hmm. or that means you could do a, a once a week lecture on a on a Wednesday night. You could mm-hmm. do a bio lab, yeah. from seven to ten. Yes. So, so that's what I did in college. So okay. I um, LMU LMU at college got my certified nursing assistant, got a few hundred hours there, and then decided like I I cannot work in this field. Like it was not worth the hours. Like mentally, that's just something I couldn't do. Yeah. So then I did babysitting as like my college side gig to make money. Yep. I did work like for a short stint in Venice for this lady who was homebound, her daughter hired me. She was the most atrocious person too that I worked for. I remember I was 21 sitting there on Halloween, working on Halloween. Mm -hmm. She had like yelled at me for something. And I'm sitting there like in her kitchen, like crying, like why am I 21 at Halloween sitting in this lady's kitchen? Yeah. And I quit the next week. I'm like, I can't take this. So yes, there is that balance of mental well-being, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just I learned so much from that like I just wouldn't put myself in that situation again but I was able to get more hands-on hours so as a PA you are more competitive to programs if you have hands-on medical experience yeah um so you know quick quick history about the PA field it was actually invented after the Vietnam War when medics came back from the Vietnam War knowing everything that physicians do but they didn't have a job because they didn't have the schooling mm. so the PA field isn't is designed for you to have experience before you go to school where medical school you can just go in straight out of college so the more hours you get hands-on the more more likely you are to get into school so I worked as that but all but throughout all my college I volunteered I volunteered at St. John's Hospital I volunteered in the ER there every Friday night because I was the only shift available from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, lit oh yeah it was it, it was, was probably super fun oh it was so busy learned so much I got so many tips about like smells as weird as this sounds so a lot of people just it smell in the ER. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. If you soak a washcloth in Listerine and put it next to the person, it like takes away all the smell. It was like such a good tip. Cool. So if you're in an environment like that, it, Got it's it. helpful. The next stinky guy I hook up with. <laughs> I'm like, there. don't mind me. <laughs> I'll just squirt some Listerine on a rag. and be like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it helps me sleep. It's like aromatherapy. <laughs> <laughs> So I volunteered there. So I, I had four years of three hours a week of volunteering at a hospital. Nice. You need your volunteer work. I got my, my medical experience as a nursing assistant Yep. and I just got good grades. And this was all during your four years at LMU at undergrad. Yes. Yes. Work, volunteer, go to school. Yeah. And then I graduated from college knowing I was going to take a year off to get more medical experience, to be more competitive. 
So I ended up getting a job as a cast tech working for a group of orthopedic surgeons where I did their casting, removed their cast, set up for the physicians, and was their assistant in the back office. There was probably stinky shit coming out of those too. Oh, the casts were so disgusting. So people shove so much shit down a cast. To itch it. Yes. One time I took up a cast and you know the old school pens, the top of the pen that has the little thing you put yeah, in your pocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd scratch a pen and the top had fallen off and the pointy part had grown into their skin. Yeah. It had grown Ooh. over their skin. It was so- Did you cut out the pen cap too? I think I just like pulled it out. <laughs> and it so was an gross. adult. Was that like, made me clench my Kegel when you what said is that? <laughs> When you just, so, you're like three, two, one. Yep. Ew. Kids put like toys down there. Like it was, it was nasty. But yeah, just saw. Did you ever nick like, somebody? Rarely. There's actually a stick you can put down it to protect it. But I was actually a pretty good cast remover. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really fun. And I had this amazing mentor. Her name was Tonya. You remember Tonya? Of course I remember Tonya. She My mom's was homie. The, she was just like, would take no shit from the surgeons. Yeah. Just like, this She'd is how it we run them. it. You listen to me. She taught me so much. Bad bitch alert. She was such a bad bitch. (laughs) She was awesome. So I worked there for a year, got hours, and then I applied to programs in California. So did you, how many uh, like PA programs did you apply to where you're like, fuck it, I'm going to apply to all of them? Well, back in my day, there was only three in Southern California. When was your day? So all these PA kids who are listening now know that you're ancient. 2006. So do the math, you guys. I see 14 years ago. Born in 2006. Well, maybe not that young, like 2000, I see for sure. Yeah. So the PA school in 2006 is different than it is now. So your experience yes. in 2006, did you apply to schools outside of California? No, because I am opposite of Megan. I had a boyfriend who uh, was actually my fiance then, and I wanted to stay in California. Yeah. I didn't want to go anywhere. So how many schools did you apply to? I applied to three. I applied to Loma Linda, Western, and USC, mm-hmm. got into Western. Got denied from Loma Linda, got waitlisted at USC. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget this. I, I really, I wanted to go to USC so bad. Like that was my dream school. And I was on the waitlist, on the waitlist forever. So I just planned to go to Western, which is still a really good school. But we were actually shopping for your going away party when you were leaving to go to Mexico mm-hmm. at um, Blake Paper. Yep. I was in the like fiesta party section and I got a phone call from USC saying that I got accepted. Once again, I'm a good luck charm and I deserve half of your, your <laughs> bounty. Are- fuck dude so that was like a very memorable moment because all that hard work had paid off that i got in that phone call that i got into school yep so got into school got into usc went to school i actually got married between my first and second year of pa school so dumb don't i don't (laughs) recommend that (laughs) i was like you're can you just wait Aaron? like i can't wait for anything and this is the thing you guys like back then it was pinterest wasn't popping like I instagram was cutouts there was no pinterest no. in 2007 and i'm kind of glad you did it then because you didn't care about the internet like you didn't care about people like i didn't also care about the internet like no. i did the, the the i i was a shitty maid of honor i just showed you were up. a horrible maid of honor what did i well, <laughs> i had no idea what I, first of all i was like 21 six months sober <laughs> You know what I mean? I was barely hanging on. So what did you expect me to do? At least I got my hair and makeup done and wore the dress like everyone else. Like, what more could you have asked for? I had a crushing speech. I crushed it, killed it, you know, left a, a trail of smoke on the dance floor. I think you did sing um, Lauren Hill, some Fuji's for me. Yeah, I, I had the is- band. I was like, one, two, three, hit it. <laughs> I like, took over the band. But getting Aaron got married at like 24 
yeah, 24. Yo. I know that's really young. 24 years old. So Aaron got married in between PA school, which yes. for yep. people who don't know, what is a typical PA school um, like week like, a day like? You So USC, how many years was the program? Three years. And so uh, Western is two. Yeah. So right? um, PA schools are typically between two to three years. Mm -hmm. I think the ideal PA school would be two and a half years because we had, we had a decent amount of breaks at USC. Um, but half of it, you're in the classroom. The second half of it, you're on clinical rotations where you go to different specialties and work in the specialty to see which specialty you eventually want to end up in. So when you're in PA school, you dabble in everything. Yes. That's the whole thing about PA orthopedics. school. Yeah. You, you, it's, it, you're intended to come up primary care trained focused, mm -hmm. but you have experience in everything. Cause I yeah. primary care, primary care does everything. Yeah. So mm -hmm. did you, so I'm going to ask a spicy question. Why are you a PA and not a nurse or a doctor? I didn't want to go to medical school. I mm -hmm. didn't want to take that long in schooling because I think I was so young to get married to. I kind of have had that like married kids projection. So for me, if I, I got married at 24, I would have been in school. I mean, it's just a very long road. Yeah. And I didn't want to necessarily, that just wasn't my end goal because I was familiar with the PA profession and everything that they could do. Yeah. I like working in collaboration. I like working in teams. It just really made sense for me. Yeah. With nursing, you know, being a PA versus a nurse practitioner, if I had gone in to get my bachelor's in nursing versus my bachelor's in biology, I would have just gone the nurse practitioner route. Yeah. You pretty much come out doing the same thing. Um, so I didn't necessarily choose nursing over PA. It's just the school I went to had biology and not nursing. So that's kind of where my route went. There you go. Answer yeah. all your questions, you guys. <laughs> you know, all the DMs that have come I know. Through. I pretty much created a list to talk about of like all of the questions that, uh, you know, errands get asked over the years uh, because, a P I mean, yeah, a lot of people might not know what a, the PA is. So you, what was your clinical? Okay. So you're doing the, so you're in PA school, you're suturing up pig skin or whatever. You're learning about those pap smear moments that we talked about in the past, mm -hmm. toe fungus, all that shit. And so when you were in clinical rotations, did you get to choose where you wanted to go? You have to check off a few boxes. You go to primary care, geriatrics, orthopedics, emergency medicine, gynecology and obstetrics, and then you can choose an elective rotation. And so that's where uh, my uh, background in dermatology came in. So mm -hmm. I knew I liked, I actually originally had my um, elective uh, rotation in plastic surgery because mm -hmm. I was interested in, in plastics and aesthetics. I mean, Botox and filler wasn't a big thing back then. No, not at all. No, so I was more interested in like, you know, maybe like boob jobs and facelifts. Like I thought that stuff was pretty cool. But then I was able to get a rotation in dermatology. So how I, I landed that is that um, my mom, mom was going in for filler, Botox or filler to our dermatologist's office. And I tagged along specifically to get my foot in the door to like meet Dr. Lee, the physician I worked for. And when I was there, I had just mentioned to her like, hey, I'm in PA school. I'm really interested in going into dermatology. And then a week later, she calls me and was like, are you really interested? Because we're, you know, we can have you here as a, for a rotation because they were looking to hire someone. So the rotation, meaning that you work for them for free while they figure things out, right? It was like yes. an internship. So you, yeah, you work there. I worked there for three months. I actually worked there alongside another girl from New York, a PA student, and they hired me over her. Um, <laughs> she was really nice. Yeah. Uh, but they ended up hiring me right out of school and trained me as their first PA right out of school. Wow. Yeah. That's dope. So you were the first PA at that office. Yes. So it was a learning experience for all of us. You know, yeah. I've, I have no experience in dermatology. 
they have no experience with the PA. So we kind of learned together and they were really good teachers. Um, her husband, Dr. Rebish, he was a, you know, a, a really bright medical dermatologist was just a very great teacher, very patient. And so I'm very thankful for that experience that I had at that office. I wanted to take a second to tell you guys about a fantastic upcoming virtual conference that I will be a keynote speaker at. It's called Med Spa Mastery and it's going down on Saturday and Sunday, October 3rd and 4th. If you're listening to this episode, there's a good chance you are either working in aesthetic medicine or interested in getting into aesthetics. This conference is one of a kind and would be perfect for you. This is not your boring lecture-based conference. There are no sponsorships by Big Pharma. It's all panel-based, fun, casual, and entertaining. The best of the best in the aesthetic industry will be be there sharing all of their tips and tricks with you from the comfort of your own home. I will be leading the panel on customer service, of course, because you know I'm obsessed, and will be dropping all of Megan's hospitality knowledge she's shared with me along the way. I'm offering all of our listeners $250 off the conference with the code Jensen250. You can also book via the link in our IG bio, and that will take you directly to the conference booking site where the discount will be automatically applied. Hope to see all of you guys there. Now back to the show. I was going to ask like, what cl- classes did you take once you decided to go into aesthetics? It was the job. Yes. Was, was the class. There's like, no classes back then. No. So at PA school, there's not a class on wrestling. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Nope. So when people ask like, Erin, can you teach me wrestling, honey child? That's and not how this, it works. If you, if you do not tell a PA school you're going to that you want to do aesthetics like that. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> oh Sorry, my PA gosh. school. Like, it's, yeah, I don't even want to talk on it. But yeah, so that's just, Aaron ended up there like learning by doing. Yes. In the dermatology office, yes. learning by doing. And you went in checking butt rashes and herpes on ball sacks and like removing moles. Oh yeah, I still That's did. what you did. Like that's what you did in the beginning. And then you would sprinkle in. Yes, the before, doctors would I be- would do like 100% medical my first year. And then it was like 90-10 and then 80-20. And then as time went on, I got more and more interest in aesthetics, had a bigger aesthetics clientele and just built that way. So it's mm-hmm. not like my first year I opened up and had 30 patients a day. That's not how it worked at all. Repeat that after me, Erin. <laughs> you did not graduate PA school, open the treatment skin boutique and have books filled with people who want a Botox and filler. No, that it- was not your path at all. That is not how it works. It takes a lot of experience, a lot of grit, a lot of wisdom, a lot of fucking up, a lot of learning from your mistakes, a lot of learning from other people, a lot of collaboration, a lot of trainings, a lot of seminars, a lot of reading. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm the more spicy one that's going to say this. I think just because after a while, that's why I had to stop answering the DMs on IG because there are a lot of people who were eager to DM Erin and ask how to have what she has, which is, I mean, it's a fair question, but this is the podcast you got to listen to. You're more affected by this than me (laughs) because you don't answer the DMs. That's why I'm the one that's copying and pasting, you know, because it's I, I think what it strikes. I think what it stirs up in me, to be honest, why I get so fervent and frothy about it is because of the hard work I've seen you do. Mm-hmm. That's what it triggers. That's what is it. It's it's touching a nerve, I think, because maybe it's a generation we want to blame it, blame it on Gen Xers or Zers or whatever we are, whatever I am. We want to blame it on the quick fix, the instant gratification. I want it now, daddy. I want a thriving skin boutique business. I want it now. And it didn't come immediate for you. No. Like you're so humble. That's the thing. I, I almost am like your advocate because I'm like, you're humble. You're not going to say out the gate. Like I put in a lot of fucking hard work. I ate a lot of frozen broccoli. You know, I have student loans. I had no scholarships. I made it happen. And you're not going to say that where I will. 
I'll jump in and be like, this is because uh, the same thing for me. We got no money from college for our parents. Mm -hmm. Fucking FAFSA all day. Sally Mae, what's up? Mohela, whatever. They, <laughs> I pay them monthly. I did not get any scholarships. I was not smart enough. I was not athletically inclined enough. I had nothing going on for me to, to earn a scholarship. I went to a cheap ass, I, I went to an inexpensive school and I worked my ass off. You know what I mean? Like it's embedded in us. Like we wake up early, we stay up late. And so for you, I just feel very fervent about it. And I feel very passionate. So you can, you, this shouldn't, shouldn't discourage people either. No. Like you can have all these things. It just takes a lot of work, mm -hmm. a lot of work. And if you don't like hard work, it, it might not be the path yes. for you. So you can absolutely like, you, you have to work hard to be a PA, but you know what we do here, it's extra. I mean, it's like, 29 hours a day of what we do here mm -hmm. so it's just un understanding that so i think first i think people are always putting the cart before the horse where they want to know you know how do i become a trainer with allergan it's like okay let, let's just slow it down you're you're a senior in high school honey like <laughs> it's okay how do you learn how to goals. inject tear trough before making someone blind <laughs> like that's what's most important before you become the you know the julie horn of instagram yes. for tear trough filler like how about you learn about vessels and yes. vascular occlusions so it, it, the there's always going to be patience for you you know yes. it's like right now okay say you're a senior in high school and you want to be a hairdresser are you worried about not getting in soon enough no, because the hair the hair industry is always going to be there. Yes. The aesthetics industry is always going to be there. So take your time, mm -hmm. learn, work hard, and it will all come to you. Like mm -hmm. there isn't a class overnight. So th th it is frustrating about this industry is that if there was a, a, a one to two year program that you could enroll in and come out fully proficient in aesthetics, by all means go for it. But there just isn't. So it is frustrating mm. because you as an RN in the state of California, RN, nurse practitioner, PA physician, any of those people can do aesthetic treatments, but there isn't a straight clear cut path to get there. So it is frustrating and there's lots of questions, but I will tell you this today, if you're starting, you have a million more opportunities than I had. And, you know, somehow I figured it out and made it work. Mm -hmm, so just, that's do, right. just, you know, try to do some research on your own before going straight to asking questions. I mean, I think that's when someone comes into me and, you know, I'm talking to one of my mentees and they have done research on a topic beforehand, that means so much more to me than them just having a list of questions that they're asking me to answer for them. It's like, Ooh, you want to have the conversation. About yeah, topic. yeah, exactly. Or do a little work, you know, like I've told you guys this before, when I was a freshman on my first day of high school and I asked Erin to help me with my locker combination, she said, tough shit, figure it out and left me in dust. I do not remember yes, that. Yes, you did. And you were like, sorry, I had to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Now, she's not going to be that cold to you. But what I'm saying, you guys, is that this episode is for people who are like, wow, I, it looks like what Aaron's doing is really cool. Like, I'm very fascinated by it. I'd love to learn more. I think I want to be a PA. Actually, I don't know what I want to be. I wonder who I should talk to about it. Well, Aaron no longer does pre-PA school consulting. Mm -hmm. She did mm -hmm. for a minute. But yes. would you recommend for people who want to be PAs to hire a consultant yeah. to help guide them? I mean, I don't think it's necessary. I think you can do a lot of research on your own. And the, just like I did by printing out USC's admission qualifications, just start with that. Mm -hmm. Pick like five schools you're interested in, print out their qualifications, and there you go. Like that is the guide to what you need. Yeah. But there are other people that do offer pre-PA consultant services. So what these people do is that they will help guide you, you know, let you know. Mm -hmm. So when you DM me asking me what major should I be in college, like those are questions 
you can figure that out on your own. You know, like what classes should I take? Like that's something you maybe can not just consult your college counselor for, but you can consult PA school admission teams on what they recommend. Absolutely. They are paid to answer that question. Yes. yes. What do I major in if I want to be a PA? Reach out to that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for exactly. sure. So do that legwork first. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter as much of what classes you take, what major you are, as long as you have good grades. You have to have good grades. If you have a 2.0, you're not going to PA school. Okay. But no if I have a 3.0, how you cut it. Possibly, you should have more like a three, nowadays, probably like three, five and above. Mm. So you want to have good grades, get medical experience, and volunteer. Well, beyond those three things, what would make, what, what characteristics would one have to make a good PA? You need to be compassionate and you should be a little bit of a people person. I think what people don't realize in medicine is that you talk to people all day long. That's why I'm not in medicine. So if you are, <laughs> I don't like to talk to people all day long. I barely talk to Aaron. <laughs> barely. Sometimes I'm like, you need to call me back later. I haven't meditated yet. <laughs> I need a moment to collect. So you need to be, so people don't well, realize like if, if people think you got to be a people person to be in sales. Yes. If you are having direct um, patient care, say if you want to go into pathology, radiology, anesthesiology where you're not as a PA yeah you can get money that's what I think of as anesthesiologist PA get money you walk in now count to 10 backwards 10 9 8 7 and they're out where's my check eight g's in the pocket that's all the anesthesiologist PAs that follow you are going to come at me and be like Megan it's way more than that we concoct brews of sedatives. Well, I don't think in California we don't use PAs as much in anesthesia, but you mm-hmm. can. You, okay. you can work in all fields. But you just know, just know you got to work with people. So if you like science and you're smart, you just have to you have to remember that you have to work with people, mm-hmm. and you you want to work good with teams. So the PA profession is designed in the team model where everyone's working together in collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you can't be mean to an, a medical assistant. You or be a, be an asshole to a doctor with them. No. You got to be a good team player. Yeah, you just got to be a good team player because at the end of the day, it's all about getting the best results for the patient. Okay. Um, and it's 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 hard. It is not. It, there are much easier ways to make money than going into medicine. Hundred percent. Go into like OnlyFans, real estate, stripping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like. I secretly want to be a sex worker so bad. I think I bring it up like on every episode because I see these girls on TikTok that are buying like brand new condos with OnlyFans money. And I'm like, if only I was brave enough or young enough, I would get all up. And I'd be like, hey, nine. Anyways, anyways, yes, real estate. You can, can you do, do it like a one night spot or it's one and done one that will be permanently embedded for eternity i know my face and naked body in the same frame you should i would never that i would no i could not do that you should do like um something kitschy like brown paper bag girl you can have a bag over your face yeah they have that i wouldn't be the first (laughs) i thought i was there are many smart girls who do that as porn stars and they just cover their face with a brown paper bag and get that money but yes so for you you didn't become a pa because of the money no not at all and it's funny because i think when you when you got into pa school pa was like one of the top 10 or like at that time like dermatology was one of like the hotter industries to get into the pa profession is has been rated like the past 10 years like top five professions to go into mm-hmm. because it is it's it's um, hit and quit with the schooling exactly in and out and um, then you find your specialty mm-hmm. you get paid well mm-hmm. and it's pretty good it's good you it's it's very enjoyable yeah but you have to be yeah the right person to go into it so let me ask you this if you weren't a pa what would you be 
I would be a, a event planner, like a party planner. Yeah, I love planning and strategizing I, or maybe like marketing for like uh, some kind of office. Okay. I love that. Cool. Okay. So Aaron's going to put her resume out there. <laughs> I'll plan As your your marketing. Party. Yeah. She'll plan. She'll, she'll, you know what? You could combine both. You could event manage Botox parties. No. <laughs> not available. Also, the other DM we get, we do not do Botox parties. No. I'm sorry. There's no amount of money that will get Aaron into your living room um, yeah, drinking not, chilled Zin, white Zin, and some Cheez Its. That's not how Aaron rolls. <laughs> no. She does not do in calls. I might in the future, but she doesn't. <laughs> you could do in house stripping. Hmm. One time, can I tell you this? One time um, for my friend Rosanna's bachelorette party, yeah. they had it at her house and I was nine months pregnant. So pregnant. What a buzzkill. Such sober <laughs> pregnant. And so I'm sitting in the corner and they hired a stripper to come to the house. I'm like, oh, this is going to be Ew. hilarious. Like I'm so pregnant. So they um, they hired a, um, a black firefighter and a Mexican cowboy showed up. <laughs> That's my type. <laughs> he looked That's... like um, Vin Diesel. So he was cute. But I was just like, do not get anywhere near my pregnant ass. I don't need like <laughs> some assless chaps on my pregnant body. Gyrating on your baby I bump. I don't need that picture floating out there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Who were you pregnant with, L? Yeah, L. <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, baby L. That's crazy. So yeah, so yeah, you'd be an event planner, but for you. Something planning, or like hotel, something. I, like, I love hospitality now. You've We're going to make a Botox hotel. Inspiration. Botox hotel, yep. Maybe one of these days. So for people who are curious about becoming a PA or if they don't know what to do, reach out to PA school. Now you know that there's a PA school. Mm -hmm. There's specific PA schools. Reach out to them and say, hey, I think I want to get into PA school. Do you have a track I should get? I should look at. Perfect. Perfect first step. Awesome. Also, another thing, you do need shadowing hours mm -hmm. of PAs or doctors, and those are very difficult to get mm -hmm. because as a PA or a physician, it does take a lot to have someone shadow you. It yeah. slows you down. It gets in the way of patient care. And we do, I do give people those opportunities, but what is a better way to get into it is get into a volunteer program where, you know, I vol we volunteered at San Antonio hospital. I also vol volunteered at St. John's. You meet medical professionals that way mm -hmm. so i volunteered at st john's and then i asked on the side like some of the cool pas like hey can i come on an off shift and shadow you for a few hours yep. so that's a way to make an introduction to medical professionals versus like cold calling them you gotta butter them up yeah you don't come in all hot and hard like that being like hi i don't know you but i want to like tag along with you for six hours a day and i want you to teach me everything you know that's what I hear when they're like, I want to shadow you and I have no idea who you are. No, you got to work the room. You got to volunteer. You got to kiki with them. You got to chit chat. Mm -hmm. And then one of these days be like, you know, it'd be really cool if I could shadow you. And then they'll be like, yeah, because I've been knowing you for months now. You've been a volunteer. Yes. Great. So shadowing opportunities, ease into it, you know, like have a little panache with it. Have some some finesse with it. Just don't go in and start cold DMing everybody, copy and pasting. Can I shadow? Can I shadow? Can I shadow? And hoping one sticks. Mm -hmm. And then also um, find a sugar daddy to pay for your PA school um, because otherwise you're going to be paying for that. I mean, it's worth its weight in gold, but nevertheless, somebody's got to pay for it. Yeah, you know? It's not cheap, but it's, it's all, it's well worth it. And um, then when you're in your PA school, figure out what feels good when you're in your little what are they track your little pods rotations rotations mm -hmm. sure rotations. so if you really like podiatry you're really like urology did you do optometry no that's not in 
That's ah, interesting. Okay. So like if you were, or ophthalmology. Well, yeah. Like different, yeah. So if you were really into heart, cardiology, whatever, then focus that, make connections, hitch along to your mom's doctor's appointments, weasel into them. Yes. Hit up. Yep. And so your mom's like, or your your mom, dad, your boyfriend, whoever be like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And she actually just finished PA school with an emphasis in cardiology. And you're at the cardiologist's office and they're like, okay. And then you sit there cute. You slide them your resume, make sure you're buttoned up in a pen, in a pencil skirt blazer mm-hmm. looking cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to wear all that, but look cute and presentable. Yeah. You never know when you're going to make those first impressions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Find some mixers, network like a motherfucker. Yes. Just like put your name out there. And then let me talk more about aesthetics because that's what a lot of the questions I get. Yeah. So now that you are an RNNP, uh, PA physician, you if you want to go into aesthetics. Say role play. Okay. I'm an I, I am a um I am a uh an ER. I'm an I'm an urgent care PA. Mm-hmm. And I just love the work you do on chin filler, Aaron. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm an ERPA. Mm-hmm. How so, do I do it? So what you do is that you go find another job in in aesthetics. So Wait, you don't do Botox in urgent care? Some urgent cares actually have a Botox side. Oh, okay. You but guys- it's not like, I need emergency lip filler. <laughs> We're we, like, I'm coming in in an emergency. We got that during quarantine. People like freaked the F out. Like, <laughs> how can you, how are you close? Like pissed at us. I'm like, really girl? Yes. Really? Just relax. Yes. So, so I'm an ERPA yes. and I want to be into aesthetics. What mm-hmm. do you, you say, leave your job or go you work five days a week. There's seven days in the week. Mm. Go work on the weekends. Every day I'm hustling. Every exactly. day. Every day. Rick Ross said it best. Work those Hustle. two two days. Dave Ramsey too. Dave Ramsey and Rick Ross. If you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's like this money guru. He would say, get a part-time job, hustle, postmate that. But in this case, you're not postmating. You're working two extra days at a med spa. Yes, exactly. So, and some people say, well, it's hard to get a job without experience. If you have a job in the ER urgent care, you have experience in suturing. So what does that mean? You could probably get a side gig at a plastic surgeon's office mm. and be their first assist I see where you're going in with surgery. This. And then they also do Botox there. Like find where you have that connection, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> Say you are a um, you know primary care PA, then you have treated rashes before. So go get that dermatology job, you know, and- But it's so hard. What am I doing here? <laughs> Erin's giving me the Naomi when? Campbell look where she's like, oh, it's just my mini, my mini violin that I'm playing for you. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to get a job in dermatology. It's so hard. Yeah. Well, if you live in L.A., apply to jobs from Santa Barbara to San Diego and you 29 Palms. You for sure get a job in Fresno. For sure. Hell yeah. And you could, and the cost of living in Fresno is less expensive. Yeah. You could find a fucking cowboy up there with ranch money. Fuck, like I'm that's looking really attractive these days. But I mean, there's we have a lot of clients that come actually from Fresno too. But, anyways, so okay, how bad do you want it? Exactly. And my industry might not love this, but sometimes you just got to work for cheap for a little bit to get your experience and then you can move on. Okay. Like (laughs) if they're going to pay you shit, I would take, I don't know, I would work for free, honestly. Like I would be like, let me volunteer here. Like if I have, if I have my stable five day a week job, can I work on Saturdays for free? Let me be the medical assistant. Let mm-hmm. me help out. Let me learn. Hell yeah, I would do and that. And that's a very old school mentality for it. That's yes. a very old school, um, not current, you know, because this generation, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loans and we're drowning in it. And we're like, or, well, most people, 
if you're a Dave Ramsey devotee, you would not be. But point being is that we're like, oh, but I need money, but I need money. But at the same time, it's not a self-worth thing that we're compromising. It's you want it bad. And yes. the person, the med spa might not have the money, the salary to provide you. Mm -hmm. But they're like, this chick wants it bad. I want to help her. And and I, when I'm put myself in those situations, I've worked for companies that I really admire, that I really liked. I've gone above and beyond, done things for cheaper or for free just to give them an amuse bouche. Yes. A taste as to what they would get with me. And I always got taken care of. Mm -hmm. They always gave me a job, gave me a fucking chunk of money, hooked me up with something or with another job or whatever. So yes, this is kind of an unpopular thing, but for Aaron Jensen, this is what you'd be willing to do because that's how bad you yes. wanted it. If you are a PA and you are cleaning rooms, what are you going to, you are going to see procedures be done. Mm -hmm. That is like free observation. You which, pay. Which people in my industry charge like $1,500 a day. Girl, I know. I'm still saying once you get, once you get on that trainer, private trainer, I'm going to take a cut of that too. But yeah, you're right. I mean, people, I don't, I don't know if you guys realize this. I see this, but there are doctors and nurses uh, and PAs around the globe who have straight up seminars mm -hmm. that charge thousands of dollars and you have to sit in a chair in the 18th row in the back looking at a doctor with a model on stage you can kind of see you kind of can't whatever thousands of dollars whereas you could be seeing that day in day out mm -hmm. happening over and over again with different face shapes different ages different ethnicities yeah. you could be that fly on the wall yes and I, a lot of people i've had some experience when people when you know say they've applied for a job here or something Sometimes they're just like fussy right off the bat. You know, it's like, and there's a way to spin it. Like we're all busy. We have lives. We have kids where it's like, I can't work Tuesdays. I can't work Thursdays. I don't want to work Sundays. Like, it's like, Hey, I have this going on in my life, but I want to do everything I can to have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Can I work Sunday nights? Are you willing to open the business later and let me help out? Are you willing to do this? So it's like, don't push back on what you can't do. Let someone know what you can do. Mm, yeah, that's a good spin. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's also like, how can we make this work? Yes. How can I be a part of this? I'm so interested and willing. Maybe, you know, I, I could come after I finish my my ER urgent care job at 4 p.m. Maybe we could do a Friday night happy hour for your girls who come from yeah, rush hour. ideas. I think that's a great idea. People just come in just wanting a job, waiting for you to tell them what to do. But it's like, hey, I've noticed you're not doing this on your social media or you're not offering this service. This is something I have experience in and that's something that I can bring to the table too. Mm -hmm. Like if you're an ER doctor or ERPA, you can be like, hey, you don't do IVs. I'm actually a bomb IV starter. Yeah, Let I can like IVs. an IV technician. Let's get some hydration. Like, it's awesome because I don't like doing IVs. Yeah. <laughs> so. How can I, or, you know, like I, let, let can I start on microneedling? Yes. You know, like, can I pay for my own training course with microneedling or reach out and I could be your microneedling yes. girl? So get a job first. Okay. And don't, don't whine to me about how you can't find one. I don't yep. want to hear that. Okay. Ooh, say it loud, say it proud. <laughs> also, it might not happen right away. No. You know what I mean? Like people think like, you apply to a job, you should get feedback right away or you should get interviews and stuff like that. Just keep, keep working at yeah. it. Keep networking. Like how bad do you want it? Like the entitlement can be very much a detriment to people because it doesn't come right away. Yes. yes. So, and then once you do have that job, then spend some money on training courses. Okay. It's, they are a total waste if you don't have the job first. <laughs> yeah. You can Cause what are you going to do? It's like doing like a Spanish immersion and then you go back to Germany and you're not speaking Spanish exactly. around anyone. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. What you want to do is that the companies, like I'm a trainer for the companies, the companies pay me to go to your office and train you for free. So one, if you can set that up well, with yes, your reps. Once you get into that. a derm office, a med spa, a plastic surgeon, 
and Aaron is working, she works for the two biggest injectable companies in the world, then that rep like assigns Aaron to your office yes. or another person if you're not in Southern California. Yeah. And then you get this training hands-on with free product. Yes. Like you get all these neuromodulators and hyaluronic acid fillers and you get models, you get to bring your sister or your mom is finally like, thank God my asshole of a daughter is finally paying off. She's finally <laughs> filling my face up because she is now getting tr free training. Y your mom mom and your dad will thank you. Your sisters, your brothers will all be like, thank God my sister didn't fuck this up. And she got into <laughs> aesthetics. <laughs> I could be in gynecology giving your pap smears. Yeah. I'd get fresh IUDs every three years. No, thank you. I'm good on that. <laughs> oh, and there are good training courses. COVID has kind of shifted them where a lot of them aren't happening right now. But I guess the one good thing about COVID, a lot of them are doing them for free virtually. Yeah. So you can get them at a discounted rate. And I think a lot of times people want hands-on training, which is good, but theory and observation is, I think is way worth more. In so say I'm still that PE urgent care PA and I'm like putting on my resume. I'm trying to get no work. Should I still sign up for those virtual? Yeah. I mean, just don't spend a lot of money on something. Don't yeah. spend two grand on a class when you don't have a job, but say if it's like a $99 course or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Just to cool. wet your appetite, yeah, I think just to like see what's up, mm -hmm. get to also make friends with other People maybe collaborate yes. on the Zoom, get some, you know, find your aesthetic besties. Yes. You know, Aaron's aesthetic bestie, Vanessa Lee. I mean, she has all the aesthetic girl gang, people gang are out there. So, um, so any final words on these people who want to, I mean, I'm great. I'm glad that you touched on people who are an existing nurse practitioners yes. or are, you know, RNs. And it gets very complicated when you guys try to mince and like, RN to CNA to the DO to that's all state contingent, right? Yes, absolutely. So yes. refer to your state board regarding that. Yes. But if you are, you want to completely shift, you want to change a 180, you want to go from this to aesthetics, get into an office that offers aesthetic medicine. Mm -hmm. So plastic surgery, dermatology, maybe some, did you say like urgent care? Some of them do it. Some of them do. I mean, uh, ENT, that's your nose and throat big for aesthetics. Um, oculoplastics does. Uh, so you that's, know, eye, that's like an uh, eye surgery, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Right. So they, but they specialize in facial surgery. So all those people, those specialties tend to do more aesthetics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let them know you are willing, ready and able to yep. work hard you and are. to bring ideas. Absolutely. Work hard. Cool. Well, I'm so glad we did this episode so I can now refer everybody to this episode. Copy and paste episode 31. Yes. This, and, and, and you know, like if you guys have any other questions on it, just ask the PA school. <laughs> that is your best resource. It really is. And also, yeah. yeah, just like focus on like, it's very great that you guys are like, you know, like biting at the what's the saying that you're sucking at the teat no like chipping at the block oh, um, ch chomping at the block at the bit yeah chomping at the bit to to be in an aesthetic ejector that yes. you know that's what yeah. you want one other tip sorry to interrupt yeah you. talk to current students because they are enthusiastic and they just have been there and got there so like my pa school 2000 like in 2006 is so different than someone who is going to school mm -hmm. who went to school in 2008 or 2018 so hit them up if they're in school and ask them the questions. Yeah, there are so many Instagrams where they're yes. like PA student or like Jen the PA student. Just look at student. the Figs ambassadors. <laughs> figs, hello. The Figs ambassadors. All those like cute tight 22-year-olds <laughs> on their <laughs> You're tight too, Aaron. I mean, your vagina might not be, but you're after having all those kids, but you're tight. It's okay. Oh, thanks. You're so. the you're the first one of the first models. You Vanessa and uh, Cassie. Cassie. 
the Evangelista, the Naomi Campbell, and the Cindy Crawford. It, but just go all those little fitness 22, 22 year old PA students with their six packs. <laughs> all their stories about meal prep and <laughs> color coding their their notebooks and stuff. <laughs> Have at it, girls. So make sure to hit them up. There's so many resources and people who want to share. I've, I've seen that, that there are a lot of PA students that are in PA school that love sharing. They also, I think they might even offer some counseling. Yeah. But, um, you know, just focus on the moment at hand. Look at your feet. Where are you at right now? Is where you're at applying up to PA school? Dope. Focus on that and not paying for Dr. Swift's masterclass. He's a genius, though. Oh, he's fucking badass. Yeah. And I don't even inject. Dr. Swift is a G. Like, I watch his stories and I'm like, absolutely. I completely agree. That that modality of the cannula usage in the under eye is avoiding the total vascular clue. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm buying what you're selling, Dr. Swift. He has a fucking cult. <laughs> so Swift Academy... Send you know, me something. Do you know what that class is? Four grand? Six grand. Six grand. And you watch him from a stage. Do you get to like take a selfie with him? <laughs> I don't. I, I'm Probably. I haven't been to his club. Yeah. Yet. Once you guys get, once you guys like follow this stuff enough, it's a very small world. And Dr. Swift is one of the like gangster ass injector physicians who has a very, I mean, I've never been, obviously. I have no reason to, but he's kind of a god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so so don't but if you guys are in PA school, don't drop six G's to go to Dr. Swift's, you know. Please don't. Yeah. No, just focus on PA school, getting good grades, drinking water, getting sleep, trying to maintain your family relationships because they're probably going to be strained. You're going to have no social life. Don't even think about going on vacation. Don't even think about getting married like Aaron. What a dumb dumb. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just really know that it's all going to be worth it in the end and that hard work pays off. Yes. And it will take hard work. It does. If you're not into hard work, it might not be the career path for you. Mm -mm. But it's worth it. Cool. Well, I'm glad you you were able to talk about yourself somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was like 70-30, but I'll take it. That's pretty good. 30% me, 70% you. Thanks, Meg. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. As always, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Rate us. Add a little note for why you're rating us, what you're rating us. And make sure to follow us on Spotify as well. Share with your friends. And most importantly, share this with people who want to be PAs, who are PAs, or anybody who wants to get into aesthetic medicine. It's absolutely possible with a little hard work. That's the final message from Aaron Jensen. Am I right? Perfect. <laughs> okay. You're right. I'm her... I'm her uh, her agent (laughs) or what is it like i'm her pr yes i'm her publicist whatever megan says i speak on her behalf i agree (laughs) all right guys thanks so much take care thanks bye